You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit jabberjawmedia.com for more shows like this one. Hello and welcome to episode 57 of the Managemental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We would like to give a big thanks to Bo Daches for our newest five-star rating and positive review on iTunes. I'm your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike Mowry. Blasco, how do you presume someone gets a name like Bo Daches? I mean, how cool is that, right? Well, at least I could pronounce that one. The last person that left a comment that it was like just non-readable. Exactly. Just, was, well, a- anyways, uh, thanks for leaving it, uh, Mr. Bodacious. And if you get a chance, tell us, tell us how you how you chose that name. Uh, I'm all good, my friend. Riding the high had a had another great album premiere with with my band Good Tiger last week. It, it is astonishing to see how little sales will get you you know in a position of the charts um yeah you know we we did 20 i think right around 2750 and we're the the number 50 top album of the billboard 200 so it's uh, nice yeah it's it's interesting to watch and feeling good about it but yeah let's get into this this is, this is gonna be a good one very cool in the last episode we chatted about mentorship which was uh, really cool and really fun That was a great episode, so check it out if you haven't already. Today's episode is sponsored by our buddies at rockabilia.com. Go check them out for the awesomest collection of officially licensed band merch on the planet. Use our code PCJABBERJAW and get 15% off your entire order. Yeah, we switched up the code to span across the network as we're continuing to grow our relationship with Rockabilia. Uh, they've been super supportive of this show and the network. So if you're looking for a one-stop shop for merchandise spanning all genres, take a look at their over 500,000 items to choose from. It's kind of crazy. Nice. You know, they got hard-to-find stuff you can't get anywhere else, and they're boasting that they've got the largest selection of music merchandise available. And what I like, honestly, is that it is officially licensed, either from the artists or their, you know, the, the company, the merch company that they've got their exclusive deal with um so it's not going to be a counterfeit thing and you're not gonna you know it's not gonna shrink on you after one wash so once again pc jabberjaw for 15 percent off at rockabilia.com and don't hesitate to tell them uh blasco and mike sent you 
Yeah, and today's episode is also sponsored by the cool kids over at Banzoogle.com, where you can build a stunning website for your music in minutes. Try it free for 30 days and be sure to use the promo code MENTAL to get 15% off the first year of your subscription. Yeah, and in case you missed it, if you didn't tune into episode 55, which is only two episodes ago, we chatted with Dave Cool from Banzoogle, uh, so give that a listen. He gives some great insights as to why a website is important for your band and how to, you know, their sites can easily integrate platforms to help you grow things like your mailing list, uh, as well as Bandcamp and Big Cartel and a whole bunch more. It's a really cool site that got hundreds of mobile-friendly themes that you can customize to fit your band and brand. Last but not least, this is what I like about them. They are a company that has musician-friendly live support seven days a week. The company was founded by a musician with the idea that he could help other musicians with their websites so the musicians themselves can spend more time doing what they love, like making music and playing shows. So, again, head on over to Banzoogle.com. Use the code MENTAL, 15% off. Nice. This week, we talk Randy's from Lamb of God, top five tips for you up-and-comers. This is going to be killer, so let's get mental. So, Mike, um, I found a post um, that was a guest post by Randy Blythe. Now, What's your take on how that last name is pronounced? Because uh, I'm of the opinion that it's Blythe, but I've heard people pronounce it Bly, and uh, that just doesn't sound right to me. But you know, I could be wrong. I, I don't know, in all honesty, and I feel like I should, but like you, I've heard it pronounced a bunch of different ways. I'm just confused. I mean, Randy is such an enigma and such a force. Like, how is it that he doesn't just have, you know, how is it, it that he's not just Randy? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like he's risen above the place where anyone should have any confusion about how to pronounce, you know, any part of his name. So if you guys out there have, you know, have the real uh, pronunciation, feel free to email us or, or tweet us because uh, neither Blasco nor I know whether it's Blythe, which is what I would think it is by looking at it. But we've, we we definitely have both heard Bly. For sure. And uh, this was a... Uh... A post on Revolver, and it was titled The Top 5 Tips for Aspiring Rock Stars. And it looks like it was from 2011, but uh, it feels it feels pretty current. So we're going to get into it. Well, it and, I, and, off. I, and I think it's actually probably more relevant because back in 2011, you know, Randy, it, like all of these things were probably, I don't know, fresher in his mind, if that makes sense. Like. Mm-hmm. Here we are, 2018. So, yeah. if he was writing it now, maybe his perspective would have changed a little bit. But no doubt, no doubt. But uh, the article starts off like this: Lamb of God frontman Randy Blythe is the anti-rock star, rock star, a salt of the earth punk at heart who happens to front a world famous metal band, Lamb of God. You may have heard of them, and yet in that capacity, he excels. Hence, his reputation as one of the most captivating and ferocious frontman in heavy music. Considering his status within the scene and the dues he has put in to get to that place, we asked Blythe to give us 
his top five pieces of advice for those about to rock. Number one, get a college degree. Interesting. Yeah, I I agree because I don't have one. Yeah, and I do, and and you know, it's I think I've talked about this on the show previously. As as a company, when we've hired people, I will say that our best employees did have a college degree, and I think part of that was, you know, they just went through a maturation process. They went through, you know, the they learned how to show up on time. They learned how to turn in assignments. But that's on you know the employee side. As a musician, I'm just curious why he thinks a college degree is important. What? Why do you think? I I, I don't think you need one. In, in all honesty, so I'm I'm curious as to why he would make that number one. Yeah, I don't think so either. I I feel like if someone's a, a really young listener to the podcast and say they're in high school and they're about to transition into college, but they're not exactly sure what they're going to focus on or major in in college, but they but they know that they want to rock as well. My suggestion is to look into something that's going to be complementary to a potential business in music. So that may, you know, that may have something to do on the accounting side or financial side or business side, right? Uh, you know, uh, to where it's like that's going to benefit you if you are fortunate enough to have a, a, a career in music do something complementary to what a success as a, a small business is and that potentially is going to benefit you you know what i mean yeah i do i mean i could add marketing to that any number of things um for sure and, and once again i mean i just i i'm very curious as to as to why but hey we'll, we'll leave that with him right no doubt number two be nice to everyone. Don't act like an entitled fuck because the people you see on the way up are going to be the same people you see on the way down. And you never know what's going to happen. There are no guarantees in this business. It could all disappear tomorrow. And if your career goes down the shitter, you might need to call in a few favors. Maybe someone needs a new band member. And if you've been nice to them, maybe they'll think of you. But if you were a dick, that's all they'll remember. Yeah, I mean that that's really good advice and sometimes can be really hard to actually follow. You know, I, I know throughout my career I have not been nice to everyone. And in reflection, you know, I think a lot of times when maybe I wasn't as nice as I should have been, it's because I let my emotions and and you know the passion that I had for whatever I was debating or negotiating or you know, whatever it may be, get in the way. And so I think this is, this is really good advice. And, and I encourage everybody to, you know, if you, if you, if you're not able to be nice to everyone, really start now on some strategies that you can employ, you know, within yourself to, to control, you know, control things like your emotions, which, which, yeah, they, they definitely have, have in the past gotten in my way at times. For sure. I mean, look, as a musician, for myself as a musician, this last thing that he says here is exactly why I am where I'm at. He says, maybe someone needs a new band member, and if you've been nice to them, maybe they'll think of you. My first two bands, they were my own bands. They were bands that I was in, right? And, and along that way, you know, I've made connections like the last band I was in. You know, We were on a big label, and we had a big manager and all that stuff. 
but I was nice to those people and I was nice in those situations. And then whenever those bands all, you know, disbanded and imploded, the reason why I was able to get into prong, which was the beginning of my like hired gun career as a you know hired gun bass player, it was the same. It was from it was a connection from the same manager that I had just had previously, right? And because I was nice and because I had that connection, I was one of the first calls that they made, and that led into one band after another to climb where I got. But it was because of that. If I was a dick, I certainly wouldn't have got that call because it's like, man. There's a lot of bass players out there. Let's not let's not even bother calling this guy because he just is a shithead. You know? Yeah, no, so. absolutely. I mean, we just had to find a fill-in for one of my artists that's out on tour, and you know, one of the deciding factors was: is he nice? Like, can we get along with him? Can you know? We've got to spend all this time in the van or the bus, and it, you know, yes, he's got to have the chops, but there's plenty of people that you can find that can you know fill into some of these roles, and and ultimately it does come down to. Uh, do you want to be around somebody, which typically we'd like to be around nicer people <laughs> than not? Without a doubt, man. Um, number three, treat your crew with respect. They're the reason you aren't schlepping your own gear anymore. Yeah, I mean, this is just, you would think, common sense and, and honestly treat other people's crew with respect, treat you know venue crew with respect. It's one of those, you know, being humble and understanding that if you are an artist and you and you do have help, yeah, you're in a very fortunate position um, to, to be there. So I think this extends nicely from the last one of being nice to everyone. The crew especially uh, would, would be included in that. Yeah. And look, I mean, and to kind of summarize two and three collectively, it's like, just keep your ego in check. You know, I mean, it's like the hour that you're on stage or whenever you're starting off 25 minutes that you're on stage, that's, that's really not the work part of being in a band. Like that's, that's the rewarding part. That's the fun part. But you know, the work part is the other 23 hours in the day. And you've really got to learn to be a people person. If you, if you want to continue to go, you know, to further a career in this business, it's like. And now with access to all the people that we have and, you know, I mean, the same goes for, for crew people. Like, you know, let's just say that maybe, you know, someone listening, you know, wants to be a tour manager or they, you know, they want to be a guitar tech or whatever. It's, it's the same rules apply. It's not just for musicians, you know, it's like, you gotta, you know, you gotta treat people with respect. And I, and I feel like this is, you know, probably the single most important aspect of anything that we're, we're, we're dealing with here. It's like, and if you're going to be around a bunch of people and you know, you've got seven people crammed in a van, if you've got 14 people crammed in a bus or, you know, however you're getting around, you know, you're, you're, you're doing long flights to, to Europe in, in coach. And you know, man, like, look, we're all human, man. This shit fucking gets to you after, you know, four or five weeks, you know, it's, it's, it's totally normal, but, um, but you just got to be aware and, and respect is the most important part. And, you know, we can all get snappy at, at times and stuff, but you just got to know that that's okay and acceptable, but you got to learn to, to be respectful and, and, and apologize when necessary and under, you know, and just kind of get a feeling for your surroundings. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's great advice. I think, you know, we all screw up. There's times that we are disrespectful. There's times that we aren't nice. And yeah, I think, you know, understanding that, having some self-awareness and 
apologizing when the time is right or at least acknowledging it absolutely goes a long way. I mean, what I like about, you know, him touching on the crew is I always think it's so cool when bands, you know, have either the same crew or at least certain members of the crew the same for like the entire length of their career. No, totally. I remember when uh, Henry Rollins had the Rollins band early on and his sound guy was a member of the band. He was in the band photos. Like he was, you know what I mean? It was like bass player, guitar player, drummer, sound guy, like is how it was all listed. And I always thought that that was really cool because you know what? In those instances, right? Like if you find the right guy, it, like this is what the, the crowd is hearing. And like, I just thought that was really cool and really respectful that he's like, hey man, like our sound guy's like, he's he's in the band. Yeah, like, he, no, no I, I agreed. And I, you know, I've worked with plenty of artists who, yeah, I mean, they don't want to do shows without their guy. And, and so much of it is, of course, they want to ensure that they sound great, you know, to, to the people coming, but it's also just their level of comfortability you know, them knowing that they're going to get through a sound check, you know, efficiently and not have any worries about when they go out to perform. So we're, we're harping on a little too long, but treat the crew with respect. Yep. Number four, don't trash the fucking dressing room at the venue. Unless the owner of the venue is a complete asshole because somebody has to come in there and clean it up. It might be someone's grandma. I got to, well, let me ask you first. Have you ever trashed a dressing room? No, man. (laughs) I've got, I've got a pretty funny story about trashing a dressing room. I was in the Philippines with uh, darkest hour and I think it was, we got, we went there twice. There's a guy, Vernon, an awesome promoter. And he does this thing called pulp SummerSlam. And you know, he, he was an awesome dude. We're having a good time, whatever. Push comes to shove, we're drinking a little bit of uh, stuff that makes us excited. And myself and, and another member of the band ended up kind of throwing some stuff around. And it was hilarious because he was in shock as to why we were unhappy. Like, that's what he assumed. He's like, why did these guys trash the dressing room? Is it because we did something wrong? And ultimately, <laughs> we told him nothing was wrong. We were just having a good time. And he was like, all right, as long as you pay for, you know, the mirror that you broke or whatever else. But I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend doing it. Um, but I just thought that was kind of kind of a funny story. Yeah. And and look, I mean, you know, it's it's funny that he says this where he's like, don't don't trash the dressing room unless the owner of the venue is a complete asshole. It's like, yeah. That may that may sound funny and that may be a cool idea at the time, but the reality is that asshole owner of a club is just going to charge you for a cleanup fee, and he's probably going to overcharge you. You know what I mean? So it's like you're not he's he gets the last laugh in that scenario. So I would just like I could simply you know kind of summarize this one is just like just don't be an asshole, man. Like just don't <laughs> like dressing dressing rooms is so nineteen. 19- 78. I was going to say, yeah, (laughs) times have changed and there's other ways to, uh, you know, (laughs) there's other ways to figure out how to express your anger. Uh, you know, if somebody's done you wrong, like, like the complete asshole of, of, uh, you know, owners of venues, which I'm sure we have both encountered plenty of times. You know what, look, when you're on the road, the dressing room, the bus, the van, these places, you have to treat it like it's your house. I mean, this is, this is where this is where you're living for you know weeks, months at a time or whatever. You wouldn't trash your house, right? 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, and we, you know, we both know, like, what goes around comes around nowadays. It's like, you can't trash a dressing room in Peoria, Illinois, and expect no one to hear about it just because it's mm. an isolated city. You know, now... <laughs> Now everything gets back to you, so you got to think twice about about you know any all actions that that you're going to take that yeah are going to reflect poorly on you and your band. So. Totally. Uh, number five, don't blow your money on a bunch of stupid shit like drugs and alcohol if you can help it. Save some. Again, there is no guarantee in this business. There's no pension plan or retirement fund. One day you aren't going to be the shit anymore and you aren't going to have a band. You can't go on tour and make money. So don't buy an Escalade. Get a goddamn used Honda. I've never owned a new car in my life. I bought a nice Toyota truck uh, with not that many miles on it last year. That's the nicest thing I've ever bought. <laughs> we we got to figure out what kind of car Randy's driving now. If any, he, he very well, you know, may still be in a, in a Toyota truck. Um, you know, of course, I agree with them. You know, you, you got to be smart. And I think this is the hardest piece for for young artists to understand. You know, there's there's nothing like coming into some money when you haven't had it at an early age and and figuring out the hard way, you know, what's what's worth wasting it on or spending it on and what isn't. So I guess this is one of those where it it briefs well like it's it is great advice but i i really find this is the hardest one for for people to follow if it's not something that you know they were if it's not part of how they were raised or how they already view spending money yeah and and look this is just like agreeing with what you're saying i mean this is just really a problem across the board of someone coming up and getting a bunch of money for the first time. Because if you look at this situation, it's not just a musician problem. I mean, this is an athlete problem. This is an actor problem. You know, this is this. I mean, how like like football players, like right? Like the, like I saw something. There was like a thirty for thirty on ESPN about um, about football players. How like eighty percent of them are broke ten years after their career ends. Like you know, what I mean, that's a staggering number, right? Absolutely. I mean, it makes sense, you know, especially, you know, on the musician side, so many artists, you know, they don't have a ton of money. And so when they get access to it, yeah, we're sort of taught to covet nicer things. And I think there's a balance for sure. You know, you, you and, and the way that people learn is by making mistakes. Again, I think it's fantastic advice, but I also think if you are fortunate and do you know come into more cash than you've had in the past you know there's a there's a fine line you should be able to go out and get yourself some nice things i i would agree i think wasting a ton of it on drugs and alcohol uh doesn't make sense but look uh <laughs> i've watched plenty of people do that as well and and here here's the thing i'm going to add to this living in la where there's a lot of band guys there was, there is and was a trend that I've always seen of like a band guy that's like too cool to like have a job as well. It's like, oh, like I'm in a band, so like I don't have to work, even though like, even though I don't have any money, like it's, it's, you know, my ego prevents me from 
making any money on the side because like I'm in a band, right? So to put it in perspective, like I've always had a job, always. I think there was a brief period when I was in Rob Zombie's band that that's all I was doing, but all, all up and coming, you know, I mean, I mean, in my first band, I was in high school, so I couldn't have a job, but like, like all coming up, even when I was like in prong and Danzig, like I was, I was a bartender. So like I would go on tour, I'd come back and I could bartend at, you know, this place that I worked at. Um, you know, I worked in shoe stores and, you know, whatever, just shitty retail gigs or whatever. But the point of it is, is like, I wasn't too cool to fucking have to live on people's couches because I was in Danzig. Like that just to me was just bullshit. And like, and now look at dude, like I, now I have my own company. It's still a job. I still get up at six in the morning and grind, you know, like I, and, and I'm in Ozzy, Ozzy's band, you know? And so I think not only is it, you know, save your money and be smart about your money, but I would add, don't, don't think you're too cool to start your own business or have a side hustle or, you know, have a, have a flexible job that you can either do from the road or it's, you know, you can kind of bounce in and out of whenever you're, 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 you're at, you're at home versus on the road. It's like, you know, he's right. I mean, this, you know, a, a band career technically isn't very long. You know, it's, it's, it's got to, you know, it's, if you're successful, hopefully it lasts 10 years, but like you got the rest of your life to, you know, look at after that and stuff. And so as fun as it is and as easy as it is to get caught up in it all, man, just be, just be cautious with the money and, and, you know, don't be the dude that, you know, that blows it before. And, and don't be the dude that thinks it's never going to end, you know, that, oh man, like this is just going to last forever. Ask anyone. No, it ain't. Quick, quick question for you, because you're an L.A. guy, and of course Randy's from Richmond, and I know L.A. is very, very car-focused. you know, focused. It's all about what you drive because you spend so much time in a car. Do you think if he, was, uh, if he lived in L.A., he, <laughs> he, he, he would have a different stance on buying an Escalade or, or something new versus a, a used Honda or, or a Toyota truck? Knowing Randy as I do, I believe that he may, but only from like a practicality stance. I do not believe for a second that Randy is like a, like a flashy, you know, fronting type of guy to where, oh man, I live in LA. So I'm seen by, I'm seen by people. So I got to be pulling up in an Escalade. I don't for a second think that. I think that, you know, maybe he would have a, you know, who knows, maybe he would have a Tesla because he can afford it, but because in his mind, it's, it's practical and serves a purpose or, you know, like the, the, the streets here are, you know, harsh and whatever. Maybe he would have a truck. Maybe he would have a new truck and not a used truck. I just think that Randy come, would come from a place of practicality with living in LA, knowing that you're in your car a lot versus I don't, I don't think for a second that he would do something for the flash of it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, here, here's a quick, here's a quick challenge to the listeners. If you know, and can find a picture of a car or what Randy is driving here in 2018, uh, feel free to, to tweet at us or send it over <laughs> via email. But yeah, I mean, really good advice from your end on, on you know, being a career musician and, and how you have worked, you know, the entire time and how you've been smart with your money. You know, to me, this is just one, I've seen it time and time again. It It's, it is, it's just a real challenge for young people who come into money you know, I've watched so many of them have to have to learn the hard way. 
Um, but yeah, so all of you out there preparing for success, <laughs> start start planning on uh, where to buy used cars versus new ones. <laughs> According to Randy from Lamb of God. <laughs> Well, that concludes episode 57. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you may have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com. If you have listened thus far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, what you got? All is well, my man. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Loop. I know at the top of the episode I mentioned the, the charting positions of Good Tiger, and we employed many of the strategies I teach in my OuterloopCoaching.com course, Release It Right. So if you're interested in learning more about that, head over to OuterLoopCoaching.com and check that out. Uh, last but not least, go check out our sponsors one more time, Rockabilia.com with the code PCJabberJaw for 15% off and Banzoogle.com with the code MENTAL for 15% off. Uh, otherwise, that's all I got. Thanks, everybody. Peace. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard.